All right, so. Sorry. Bring this up a little. Should have done this before I went live. Okay, now we're much better. Okay. Which way do I turn? See, I'm always <laughs> just figuring out the camera. Oh, camera works better like this if I'm here. Now we're good. Okay. In any case, thank you for joining. It's Erev Yom Kippur. Let's get a couple of thoughts. So today was a very it was a pretty busy day, and especially since we had this great pr global prayer for for Mashiach and the declaring of a halachic um, declaration. And I merited just before, about a, a, a 40, 40 minutes ago, to get divine consent about the, that the that it was received in in uh, in a good way. How? I, again, I. Because today was so much happening, and I didn't have headspace. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get this really straight. Um, I didn't have headspace to really plan tonight's class. I know most rabbis are very busy doing their Yom Kippur sermons and all this stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I, I generally operate Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur uh, spontaneously. It works better for me. Um, so and you know, so I, I didn't have the, the the time to really put myself into the into the into the into whatever. But I came over here today saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to grab a bunch of books. You know, there, there's two types of Torah that I teach over here. Most of the time, I teach from the teachings of the Chabad uh, teachers, which are usually long and um, comprehensive teachings. Like we study Thursday nights, which I still have to conclude the previous discourse. And Be'ezus Hashem, we will do so. Um, and, uh, but then there is, that takes a lot of brain investment. And I didn't feel I have the energy to do that tonight. And, but then there is the teachings of the Hasidic masters of generally what we call the Polish uh, tradition, uh, which their teachings are magnificently powerful but usually on a far more short and con on, on a, you know short teachings, inspirational teachings. So I decided to go the, that route. And I, but if you want to give a class in that thing, you usually, you know, I collect a, a various amount of books and then put together, string together, either all the teachings that come together as with one theme, or just a, a few different pieces of thoughts different thoughts to, to, you know, to inspire. So I grabbed out, sitting in front of me, right over here, one, two, three, four, four Sefarim. One of them is the Sfasemes from the great Rebbe of Ger, which is very, very profound, safer Hasidic master. The other one is Lakute Imre Kodesh, which is a safer from all the Belzer Rabbeim. And my family has a tradition going back to Belzer Hasidim. So I grabbed one of this. I also took the, the the great and saintly, safer and amazing book, the Bnei Yisachar, um, which has phenomenal teachings, on, especially on the holidays. 
from the Rebbe of Dinov. And then I also took out the Sefer Tefere Shlomo, the book Tefere Shlomo from Rav Shlomo of Redomsk. And I figured, okay, between the four these four books, I'll have something, something to share. Hopefully we'll find some inspirational thoughts, uplifting thoughts for Yom Kippur. And thank God I do have, so we'll share that in a few moments. I believe everything is by divine providence. So I came over here and just selected these books randomly. And then when I finally sat down, I had these delicious books in front, and each one of them is so appealing to read. And I was thinking, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, which one goes first? Who do I start with? Because you know what happens a lot of times? You start with one, and he pulls you in, and then you don't get to anybody else. So who's going to be the one that I'm going to merit to see his, his holy teachings? <laughs> and something pushed me to open the Tferish Shlomo. Okay, from the great Rebbe of Redomsk. So I, I take the Tverish Shlomo. Again, I can't explain why I used him first. I actually was going to open the Vinayas Oscar, I think, first. And then I said, no, Tverish Shlomo. So I took the book and I went like this. Literally, I picked up this big, thick book. It's got probably about, I don't know, three, four hundred pages, 300 pages, I would imagine. I took the book and randomly opened it, and I was happy to see it was Yom Kippur. I randomly opened to Yom Kippur. And um, I started reading a piece. And I'll tell you which page I, page I opened to. I didn't know. I opened to exactly this page. This is the page I opened to. Now, I didn't immediately read the, the, the piece that's in front of me. I looked off to the side, and I read a very, very special piece going off this way. That was what I read first, but that's not the piece that opened up right in front of me. There's a piece that opened up right in front of me. There's a tiny little piece. And after I finished reading and exploring this last ladder uh, piece that he, you know, I went back and I said, hey, let me see what he says over here. <laughs> and, you know, Hashem is always the best. <laughs> so if, if you if you were following today's YouTube, you know that in the morning we had a, we had a prayer. And the prayer was for the rest of for Mashiach's coming, for the restoration of Hashem's kingdom, for the kingdom of of of, of David, for Mashiach, and for the restoration of the Holy Temple, the Beis Hamikdash. That's was we prayed for three things. Now, why did we do it before Yom Kippur? Well, it's, it's, the gates are open now. It's a time to pray. It's a very very holy time. Things are decided and sealed in heaven on Yom Kippur. So that was our reasoning why we did it before Yom Kippur. But this is what I read over here. He quotes a verse from Kings, from Malachim. Okay, which is from the from scripture, from Malachim, Kings uh, uh, Kings Aleph, Malachim Aleph, Kings A, if you would say, um, chapter eight, verse number thirty. It says over here, This is when King Solomon inaugurated the temple. Hear this. When King Solomon inaugurated the Beis Hamikdash, he made a prayer. He offered a prayer to God. And he said that, this, that you should always answer the prayers of the Jewish people. So he says, You will listen to the pleas of your servant, that's the king, and your people Israel, that they will pray to this place. 
Simply it means that they will come over here to pray over here. And you will hear on high the place that you sit. You will listen and you will forgive. Says the Tzverosh the on these words. This comes to teach you. Now why he, he teaches a teaching on this Pasuk on Yom Kippur, I'm not exactly sure. Because where do we, I don't think we say this verse on Yom Kippur. Um, unless it's it might be in the Haftorah. It could be it's in the Haftorah of, of, of the morning of Yom Kippur. could be, but I'm not sure. And he says, Harem is bezet. It would be really interesting if this is this is in the Haftorah. Give me a second. I'll be right back. I, I didn't think so, but no, it's not. But so I'm not exactly sure. Oh, I know where this comes from. This comes from the the Seder Avoda uh, during the during the recitation of the service of the high priest of the Kohen Gadol. We we quote this verse, where Shlomo Melech is praying that Hashem should listen to the prayers that are happening to the Jewish people in this place. I'm almost hundred percent sure that's what it is. But he says, "Arem is bezeh." What is the teaching? Because a person needs to put his ambition. And the primary prayer of his Allah Gaula for the Giyula, for the redemption. The Albinya Beis and on the restoration of the Beis Amigdash, Al Machainai, that it should be restored to its place. And after, no, I don't know if you're hearing what, what he's saying over here. Please listen very carefully. He says the main tefillah needs to be for the redemption and for the Beis Amigdash be restored in its place. And after you do that, then you can dive and forgot to forgive you for your sins. And this is the meaning of the verse. The hispalalu, it doesn't say, it says they, it, 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 the verse says they will pray. It should have said they pray. Um, they will play in this place, but it doesn't say that. King Solomon, Shlomo Melch doesn't say they will play, they will pray in the temple. He says, they will play, pray to the temple. So, what does that mean? The Jewish people will pray for the building of the temple. And through this, you will hear, you will listen and you will forgive. That's how you are assured forgiveness for sin. It made me feel really, really good that we spent Erev Yom Kippur praying for the for the Holy Temple, for the Beis Hamikdash restoration, and through this, he says, all forgiveness prayers are answered for forgiveness of sin. So if you didn't yet pray for the Beis Hamikdash, watch today's earlier. Join along in the prayers. It's never too late. You can join along those prayers. Daven along with us, uh, and, and and hopefully you know uh, the intent over here wasn't the forgiveness for sins. The intent was to actually have God listen to us and end the exile and bring us the complete redemption in a revealed way, and give us the base on English. But it was 
to randomly open up on the very day that we made such a prayer. We're, and, and again, I could have chosen all these books and more than that, let me tell you the, the, what, what's getting me excited. What's getting me, what's getting me super excited is that I could have opened up, there's a whole, you know, if you see it, there's a whole big bookshelf behind me with so many different books I could have taken randomly from there. And from the, I chose four. And from the four, I opened up this one. And from all of them, I opened up just, and again, I wasn't searching. I, it just opened up to this page out of all pages about praying right before Yom Kippur, the day of forgiveness, to pray for the Beis Amigdash. I, I, I feel it's a nod from heaven saying, hey, you know, we're doing the right thing. So it's great to see that. And I hope Hashem will not just nod from heaven, but he will actually come down from heaven openly in front of us uh, into the third temple already and bring the Giyula. That was just a little commercial. <laughs> um, now I want to share with you some really great teachings. So one, I'm going to go back to the Tver Shloima. I'm going to go back to the Tver Shloima. Um, uh, in a few minutes, but just a short little teaching from the Belzer Rebbe. I couldn't start teaching until he lifted my he lifted me up with this 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 teaching. Okay, we all know the famous statement of the last Mishnah Masechtas Yuma, Tractate Talmud Yuma. Yuma deals with Yom Kippur. It's the sta famous statement statement of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, "Amir Rabbi Akiva, Asherechem Yisrael, how fortunate are you, Yidden? Lifting me at the Metar, and in front of who are you becoming purified?" And who is purifying you? Your father in heaven. So Rabbi Akiva is exalting the greatness of the Jewish people. And he's saying, how fortunate you're so lucky. Because think about it. On Yom Kippur, in front of who are you be becoming purified? You know, you're purifying yourself in front of whom? It's uncomfortable sometimes to bear your soul. It's uncomfortable to have to admit to wrongdoing and to sin and so on and so forth. But think about it. You're becoming clean in front of who? In front of God, your Father in heaven. And who is cleaning you? Your Father in heaven. So there is a lot to talk about the, the, the double language. Says the bells are ever, Absalom of bells. You know, is there ever a point where a person says, I'm too dirty, I'm too filthy, I'm beyond repair? Forget about it, you know. I've sinned to a point where I can never be fixed. Sadly, people sometimes feel that way. The evil inclination sometimes tries to convince us that we are beyond, uh, beyond rectification. So everybody knows that in, 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 in the rungs of holiness, there are 50 gates 50 rungs to climb the ladder of holiness. I mean, obviously, every one of these rungs have a gazillion levels, but in general, there are 50 levels of holiness. When you reach the 50th level, that's the level that Moshe Rabbeinu reached on the day of his passing, because Moshe went up on the Mount Nebo, Mount Nevoi. So the, the Holy Ari explains that the word Nevoi comes from the word Nunbo, the 50th is, is in it. So Moshe touched the 50th level. He scrambled up the ladder, and he reached the 50th level, Mount Nevoi. That's the highest level in holiness. Now, we also know um, there are 50 levels, just like there are 50 levels of holy, there are, Hashem made everything one opposite the other. There are 50 levels of impurity, and 50 levels of, of darkness. And, and we know that as long as a person has not touched the 50th level of impurity, 
it's you're still kind of redeemable. But there's always those rabbis who warn you that if you reach the 50th, you're not coming out anymore. That's I'm sure there's some source for it. That the 50th gate of impurity is already beyond repair, beyond rectification. That's why many people say the concept, it's not many people, it's brought in, in the books, that the reason God had to take the Jewish people so swiftly out of Egypt, it was an emergency, because at that time they were in the 49th level of impurity. Had he waited an extra second, they would have already entered into the 50th and they would not have been extractable. That's the way we are told from when we're little children. And that's why there's always that warning. Be careful, be careful. Don't go down into the 50th. However, the Hasidic masters, the great Hasidic Rebbeim, the teachers, the lovers of Israel, who God sent down to elevate the Jewish people right before the coming of Mashiach. So the great Rav Shalom of Bells translates the deeper meaning of Rebbe Akiva. And he says like this, hear this idea. He says, listen, it's true. Once a person reaches the 50th, they cannot rectify because that's already beyond repair. But that only means that they can't repair. Obviously, God can repair and extract the soul even when it's in the 50th. So this is what Rabbi Akiva is saying. Before you've reached me, me is 50. Before a person, God forbid, has reached the 50th level of impurity, then you yourself can shower yourself. You yourself can purge yourself. You yourself can cleanse yourself. You, you, you can purify yourself. Me? But if you, God forbid, if a person fell down into such a level of darkness that they've hit number 50, because me is 50, mem and yud is the numeric value of me is 50. Umi, what's, what's, what's the Jew? What's the Jew, sadly, who says, Oi, Gewald, Oi, Oi, God, I'm here, down here in the 50th. Umi, and if you reached um, uh, uh, the 50th level, Metaher Eschem, then he, Metaher Eschem, then he, he purifies you. In other words, lift me, if, if you haven't reached me, the 50th level, then you can do it your own. If you reached me, then God will give you his assistance. Metaher Eschem, Avichem Shabashamayim, your father in heaven, Metaher Eschem can purify you. There is never a thing that we're not being cleansed on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur cleans us all. I would uh, recommend watching uh, the video today. We had a little clip from Mr. Charlie Harari, and he so beautifully explained this in such simple language of the awesomeness of this cleansing process, of going under these divine rays that purge every impurity and every dark any anything, leaves us specklessly healthy and clean right after Yom Kippur. As we go through Yom Kippur, we come out on the other end was so perfectly clean. But even in the situations when we reached even me, the 50th, then it's Hashem's job, that God purifies us. Very special. Now I'm going to share with you another teaching. And this is regarding a um, famous story where it says, it was mentioned today in our prayer as well, the famous story about 
Rabbi Yishmael ben Alisha. We know that the sage Rabbi Yishmael ben Alisha went into the Holy of Holies. Because, I'm sorry, he was the high priest. He was also a great sage. And he, on, on the Holy Day of Yom Kippur, he would go into the Holy of Holies. So he says, he relates a story. Pamachas, one time, Nechnasti Lahakter Ketores, it says in, in the Talmud chapter um, in, 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 in Brachos, uh, the first tractate of Talmud on page seven. It says, Pamachas Nechnasti, one time I've entered Lahakter Ketores to offer the, the spices, the incense, in the inner, inner place. And uh, I saw God, that's what he says, he beheld an image of Hashem. I saw Hashem. And Hashem said to me, Yishmal bini, Yishmal my son, Barcheni, bless me. I said to him, Let it be your will that your compassion should overcome your anger. And your and your um, a compassion and your pity should pour over over all your other measures. God usually has this measure of conduct, which is based on measure for measure, on, on, the, on the strict rule of law. Hashem should overcome all of that. And, and Hashem shook his head. After the Kohen Gadol, the high priest blesses God, and then God hears what he says, and God blessed, shook his head. And the sages learn out from here that the blessing of a simpleton should not be the sages that arrive from here. Don't treat when you get a blessing from someone. You know, the the clerk at the at the uh, at the uh, you know at the at the at the ninety nine cent store uh, tells you God bless or whoever any person on the street. If someone tells you, could be. Whoever it is, could be the taxi driver, your Uber driver, could be a homeless person, whoever it is that gives you a blessing, say amen. Never treat the blessing of any individual as meaningless. Because that, you see, how, how do we derive it? Because if God, compared to God, we're all considered simple. We're all like nobodies. And yet God sought out the blessing of the high priest. So from here we derive, the Talmud says, that if Hashem can seek out the blessing and take it seriously, and God shakes his head because he's excited about it, how much more so we should be appreciate every blessing we get. That's what it says. And by the way, it teaches us also that even if we think we're simple and we're not on any way on a high spiritual level, never be stingy with blessings. Always bless, 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 because blessings are... You never know. It has power. But in any case, so he explains the Tverish Leimah. And he says there are two types of righteous people. There are two types of, as he calls them, tzaddikim. Tzaddikim are the great righteous people. He says there are these righteous people that are always very strongly out for God's glory. Because they love God so much, they're here. And for the sanctification of God's name, they are going to do anything. And these people obviously get very, very upset and very angry and very harsh with sinners because they love God so much. When they see someone that is transgressing God's will, they get very upset at him and they can be harsh with them and so on and so forth. 
and all their concern is for the sanctification of the glory of God's name on the earth. It's like it says in the prayer, let the glory of God be to the world. That's what they care about. That's what they're devoted to. That's they're super, superly ambitious for the for the for the sanctification of Hashem's name, but not fakely. It's not God forbid. It's from the deepest love that they have for God. However, they're not devoted so much in their in their in their for the for the well-being of mankind and of their neighbors and their community and other people. Not that they don't help out, not that they don't do mitzvahs, but that's not their main concern. That the world should be blessed, that there should be a lot of goodness in this world. There should be a lot of a lot of divine blessing for the rest of humanity and for people in this world. They are concerned for God's projects to be realized. And then he says there is different tzaddikim who make it righteous people who make it their business to all day long be concerned in drawing God's blessings down for everyone and making God see the goodness of other people and 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 you know painting a beautiful picture of humanity in front of God that God should see how special people are and see the goodness in people and overlook sometimes in equities so um, these are two types we don't say, God forbid, um, Lashon Hara, but he does particularly speak about those that are were more geared up towards the devotion of, of sanctification of God's name. And he gives the example. Their yard site, no, it's not. We, we, we read about them on Yom Kippur because they're such sadikim, and we want to draw down the merit of these sadikim. so we don't, God forbid, minimize them. Their love for God was like beyond was infinite. Moshe even says about them, Moses, there's no one greater than Moshe. Moshe says to his brother Aaron, the high priest, they are greater than me and you. And I'm talking about Nadav and Avihu, the two oldest sons. But their mode of service was the sanctification of God's name. That's what was, that was their drive. And that's what's hinted to in their words. We're going to read it on the Yom Kippur, sir. By Mincha, we're going to read, no, I'm sorry, not Yom Mincha. In the morning, when we read the Torah the first time, it says, Achare Mois, after the death and the passing, Shnei Bnei Aaron, the two sons of Aaron, Bikarvasam Lifnei Hashem, they came close in front of God. Vayamusu, and they died. Simply, it meant because they got too close, they died. But he explains it in this, in this vein. And the meaning over here is that their passion, their ambition, their drive, their ecstasy was all about getting close to God and and concerned about God's glory. That's what was there on their mind and nothing else. And you know what happened? That led to their death, which means that did not have a, a lasting, permanent uh, continuity in this world. Because that's wonderful and great, but that's not the highest level of service that God wants. As great as it is, Vayamusu, it crashed. Another person who lived that way at the beginning, he brings a few examples, was um, Yosef in his early days. When Yosef, it says, was bringing bad gossip about his brothers, he tattletailed. He would bring to Yaakov all kinds of stuff that his brothers did wrong. 
And the reason why Yosef did that is because Yosef was fanatical about observance. And if he saw anything that he interpreted as a lack of observance, it you know it irritated him and it really got under his you know his skin in a very deep way. Or I can't say it got under his skin in a deep way. It touched him at a very deep place in his heart. It wasn't, God forbid, an external irritation. It was very deep and it bothered him. So he would do whatever he can to uh, you know to uh, he, he he condemned them. Yaakov didn't like that. Yaakov rebuked him. And then you find Yaakov said to Yosef, when he sent him, Yaakov said, you know, you're on the wrong path. You're a very, very righteous individual. I love you very much. He was his favorite son, if you can say. But he said, I don't like this about you. If you're going to be a leader of Israel, a leader of the Jewish people, a king over my people, Leichna, he said, go see Eshloim Hatzayin, Eshloim Achecha, go see the well-being of your brothers. Go, go, go look for the well-being. Seek out their well-being. Be concerned that it should be good for Israel, good for the Jewish people, good for the world. The shloim and the and the and the well-being of the sheep, the flock, referring also to the the people, the soul, the simple people that are called the flock. And when Yosef heard his father teach him that, he changed his entire mode of service. And he devoted himself to the service of Israel, to the service of the Jewish people. Another example is there's a word we say, Anna Hashem Hashiana. In our prayers, we say, Anna Hashem, please God, Hashiana, help. In the words of the Holy Ari, right? The great Kabbalist Ari says, Anna is Aleph Nun He. Aleph Nun He stands for Eliyahu. Anna is the Aleph is Eliyahu. The Nun is Nadav, and the uh, uh, and the last Aleph is Avihu. So we lump together three tzaddikim: Nadav, Avihu, and Eliyahu. Nadav and Avihu are the two sons of Aaron, and Eliyahu the prophet. Now, really, Elijah the prophet is Nadav and Avihu, as it says that when Nadav and Avihu passed away. Part of their soul was reincarnated into Pinchas, who was their nephew. And, and Pinchas is Eliyahu, as the sages tell us. So we see there's a relationship between Eliyahu and Nadav and Avihu. It's a deep soul connection. All these three, including Eliyahu, were concerned, Hashem Hashiyana. They were concerned very much for the salvation of God. But it didn't care so much about the salvation of the people. It was to see it through the way God, for God's sake, on the highest level. That's why we find by Elijah the prophet of the Yohanavi, he says, Kane kinesi la I have, I have, I have, I have, I have done uh, a kanois. Kanois means I've done uh, zealousness for your sake, God, which is great. But Hashem says to Elio Anavi, and a little a little while after Elio says to God, I have been zealous for zealot for your name. Hashem says to him, You're going up. Hashem took Elio Anavi up. He took him away from this world with his body, because he was such a holy tzaddik. And he said, I'm going to appoint Elisha in your place. Your student Elisha. Because your student Elisha is going to be far more concerned by the well-being. 
Meaning that God wants very, very much that we should be concerned and taking care of, of each other. That is the greatest thing that Hashem wants. Another very ama amazing example that he brings, and someone who God himself turned around from being that like this and turned him around to be sensitive to the highest levels of sensitivity is none other than Moshe himself. You see, Moshe, in his first encounter with God, this is what the Tzfer Shlomo says, resisted to go take the Jewish people out of Egypt. Now, why? If Hashem told him to go, 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 why didn't he want to take them? And the answer is, it's a very fascinating, one of the answers is because when we went out of Egypt, there wasn't the final redemption. After that, the world still suffered 3,000 years, three and a half thousand years of no, not all the time concealment. It was a time of revelation, temples, and so on and so forth, but a long, a lot of exile. Now, the reason we did not have the complete redemption the first time was because we went out prematurely from Egypt and we didn't really finish the work. God initially decreed 400 years to Abraham and he took them out at, at almost by half, by the half, by the half time mark, 210 years. So God knocked off literally close to half. And Moshe knew that. And Moshe realized that because the Jewish people are going to be spared those extra 190 years of suffering, the payment of that is going to be that it's going to take another two and 3,000 years till the final redemption will come. And Moshe didn't want that. The reason is because Moshe could not understand stand the desecration of God's name for 3,000 years. So Moshe said and that you got to finish it now. But God said the people can't handle it. If we finish it now, there's going to be my glory will be revealed, but there won't be no people left. In other words, the exile, the suffering was so so crazy, excruciatingly difficult. They're crying out to me. I can't, I can't. I can't let them. We'll have to take them out now and have a partial redemption, and we'll slowly spread the rest of the tikkun, the rest over the rise of the time. Moshe's concern at that time was, was, was for God's honor, and he couldn't hear anything else. And God at that time sensitized Moshe to change his entire approach and realized that he has to care for the well-being of the people and be concerned with them even more than his concern for Hashem's greatness he brings over here um the Kohen Gadol hold on before we get to that but here's the thing the righteous tzaddik the 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 holy man the great leader who concerns himself with the people, even at the cost of the, the, the sanctification of God's name, but is concerned with the people, can only do that if he has no self whatsoever. In other words, only when this person is willing to sacrifice himself and take upon himself all the judgment and all the hardship and all the if, if need to be, God forbid, any kind of punishment or any kinds of harshness, the tzaddik takes it upon himself. Such a tzaddik, such a righteous individual could claim and stand and fight for the, for the well-being of Israel and for the Jewish people, even at the cost of 
a, a holding back on God's glory. And we learn that out from Mordechai. Mordechai tells Esther. He says to her, um, if you do not go to Ahasuerus, remember the famous the Esther is ready, he says, if you don't go, simply it means great salvation will come to the Jewish people from somewhere else and you and your father's home will get lost. That's a simple story. You know, you have a chance now. If you're not going to seize the moment, don't worry about Israel. The Jewish people will be saved, but you'll get lost. That's a simple meaning. He translates it. This, you know, it takes one to, to, to say these teachings. You have to be a person who lives with this. That's why you say it. So he, when I guess the Tver Shlomo was a tzaddik like that, who lived this way. So he says, If you want to bring salvation, Yamo, to stand for Israel, you got to be ready for you and your father's house to get lost, to, to lose yourself. In other words, you have to be willing to die and give everything, to lose your entire existence for them, to sacrifice you and your your entire being for the well-being of the people. Then, then you can help them out. That's why it says by the high priest, the Kohen, Hashem wants the Kohen to be such an individual. So what does it say about the Kohen Gadol, about the high priest? Hear these words. It says in Shemois, in, 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 in um, Exodus 28, verse 30, simply it means referring that the Kohen carries the judgment of the Jewish people. The deeper meaning is he takes all the judgments onto his own heart. It's frightening. The Kohen, the, the Tzaddik, invites all the judgments onto his own heart. If there's any judgment, it should be upon him, God forbid, and not upon the Jewish people. However, there is a very special blessing. When the Kohen Gadol, when the high priest, who is the, who is the one who is the leader of Israel, who is the one who brings their prayers in front of God, if he is serving Hashem with that level of devotion, with that level of sacrifice, to the point that he's willing to take God, and he, and he has, he's, out, he's willing to sacrifice his own well-being for them. God forbid, it's very dangerous. So the verse continues when it says that the Kohen will carry, it says, he won't die. That means God says, I will protect him. In other words, on the Kohen's end, he's doing it with his full intention, God forbid, to bring upon himself the suffering. But God promises it won't harm him. And that's why it also says, his voice will be heard. It says the high priest will be heard when he comes to the holiness. Like we'll see Rabbi Yishmael ben Alisha. His voice was heard when he came to the holiness. When he goes out, and he won't die. In other words, even though he is willing to take upon himself all of their, all of their sins and all the things, Hashem protects him and watches him. So God forbid he will not get harmed by it. And this is what you see over here. Amazing. You know, if you follow the 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 the, the Yom Kippur Machzer, Yom Kippur liturgy of the prayer, you see we're going to speak about the service of the of the coin of the of the of, and, and the and the high priest in the in the Holy of Holies. Do you know that when he was in the Holy of Holies, he said a, he said a short prayer, only a short prayer. The reason he didn't say a long prayer is because many of the high priests died when they would go in because they weren't worthy. So if he would be stay there, linger for a long time, the people might get scared. 
So in order to scare them, he would say a short prayer. Do you know what he prays for? The material well-being of the Jewish people. It should rain a lot. If it's going to be hot, it should come a lot of rain. The people shouldn't need to earn an art, a livelihood one from each other, meaning to say they shouldn't need to come onto charity. Everybody should make a living. It should be beautiful. That's what he's that's what he prays for. His entire prayer is for the physical well-being. You're talking about the high priest. You would wonder, he's in there. You know, if you look at our Rosh Hashanah Machzer, most of our prayer was speaking for God's glory. So what should have the Kohen Gadol said? God, give your fear on, on, on all of them, on all the nations and all the people. Everybody should bow down for you. Everybody should glorify you. You should be recognized over the whole world. The Kohen should have been saying, he should have said that as he's praying in front. He doesn't say that. He says, make it rain and everybody should have Parnassa and it should be great. And God loves it. God loves it. He wants a Kohen Gadol that does that. Because Hashem, you know, in the benching we say, Harachaman, we say compassionate one. We say, Yishtabach um, Lador Vador, you should be praised forever. Lador Dorim for generations, generations. The Yispa'er Bono, and God should glorify himself. He should beautify himself with us. And the next phrase right after that is, Harachaman, may it be the merciful one, he should give us a livelihood in an honorable way. That means what is God's glory and what is Hashem's, what can God boast with? What can Hashem beautify himself with? When his children are earning their livelihood and everybody's doing well and people are, 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 are healthy and they're, 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 they're wealthy and they're doing very well in this world. And, and that's Hashem's glory. And that's the job of the Kohen when he's inside. And that is what Rabbi Yishmael, the Kohen Gadol, when he stood in front of God, and Hashem said to him, Barcheni, give me a blessing. Yishmael Kohen Gadol didn't say to Hashem, wow, let your glory reach the entire earth. You know, your name should be heard. Everybody should tremble in awe before you. He didn't say that. He said, your anger should be subdued by your mercy and your mercy should pour out on your children and you should conduct yourself with them with your kindness and with your graciousness and with your patience and so on and so forth and hashem smiled and hashem was so happy with that prayer that's the lesson for us for the kohen and so forth of course we pray for the big things but we should also pray for each other for the small things for the things that we need to help other people out this is so important going into Yom Kippur, going into the Holy of Holies. And that's the meaning what the Talmud says. Don't ever treat the blessings that we learn out from here, the blessings of a simpleton. Don't it be light in your eyes, the blessing of a simpleton. It simply it means when a simple person blesses you. He learns much deeper, not a simple person. These simple blessings that you might think are like foolish things, physical, material wealth, who cares about that? Livelihood, everybody should be doing well, good physical health. The main thing is they should be healthy spiritually, they should be healthy in their soul. It's all true, yeah, of course it's important. But it's important that be, people be physically healthy. healthy. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you another great uh, 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 tzaddik 
or he brings, the Tzfer Shloyma brings, and a different piece. You know, the famous Nisana Tokev, everybody trembles, and over there it says, who will live and who will die, who will this, and it says, Baruch Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah Yikosev, and he brings from the great Tzadik Remeyer of Apt. I'm saying these teachings now because this is what uh, we should all, I'm, put, I'm putting it out into the waves of YouTube and into the, uh, into the, what do you call it, into the, um, what is it, the, into the world wide web. We're putting it out there. These, 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 these interpretations, because the, the God wants us to say good, to speak well, not to threaten, not to scare, not to speak ill, God forbid, about the world, about people, but only good. So in the Nisana Tokev, it, it says, the first thing it says, on Rosh Hashanah it is written, and on Yom Kippur it is sealed. So it says, the words are, Kama Yavrin, how many Yavrin will leave the world? Will be removed, come and on how many will be born. You know, but the great saintly leaders of Israel, they loved the Jewish people with all their heart and soul, and had such immense love for, 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 for Hashem's children. They always they found they were able to dig out the love in the sinner. What do you mean? How many are going to pass away? No one is passing away this year. No one. Okay, everybody's going to live a long, healthy life. Why not? Why should anybody die? Who needs death anymore? Death is outdated. Fartik, it's enough. It's 2022 already. We should stop. We should have stopped dying a long time ago. No more death. We fixed all the all, everything. So what does it mean, Kama Yavrin? He says, no, Kama Yavrin doesn't mean how should pass away. Kama Yavrin, how many should become pregnant? Yavrin is from the word Ibor. I loved it. I say, how many new pregnancies this year? Pregnancies, bringing children into this world. How many people that are trying to have children can't have children? Kama Yavrin, how many should become pregnant? Kama Yibare, and how many should become healthy? Yibare means be born, but where if we have pregnancies already, it means obviously that includes already the pregnancy and the birth. So what is Kama Yibareon? Yibareon will be born, but Yibareon in Hebrew also means from the word bari, how many will become healthy? Which means so many should become healthy. So many should be pregnant. That means all, these are the blessings. May there only be goodness. May there only be blessings. May there only be a world full of bracha. Full of light, full of God's kindness, and full of Hashem's compassion. I was going to share with you one more teaching, um, but I'm going to leave you curious. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to share it today. We'll leave it maybe for another time, a very special one. But there's it's a whole different subject, and I would rather finish the subject with the with the um, with the blessings of Israel. Let this be the year of, at the same time, let God's glory go together with the blessings because we're already at a time where, you know, we don't have to have a trade-off. It, it will be both together. We've done already the time. It's not like Moshe who was talking then when you have to choose, you know, will we'll, we'll, we'll God forbid bring about, you know, the, 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 the continued suffering so that God's glory can, can, you know, be quicker or like we discussed earlier, the trade-off. No more trade-off. We've done already. Everybody finished their work. The world is beautiful. The world is ready. A little godly revelation, the little bit of evil you see, and the little bit of this stuff is just, it makes a lot of noise in the media. It it, it has a big mouth. It, it it makes a lot of chatter. It's not. Most, most of the world is ready for a lot of light, for a lot of goodness, for a lot of love. People are so ready for truth. People are so ready to serve. 
they want to serve, they want to help, they want to give, not just amongst the Jewish people, but in humanity in general. The world is in a state where most, these are things that don't make make the news. The news like to, likes to talk about all the bad stuff because that's, you know, that's what they, they write headlines with. But it's really the goodness. There's so much more goodness in the world, so much more kindness, so much caring, so much uh, um, 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 generosity and charity and, and caring. And we hope that God sees this and this is what's brought before him. And he decides already time, time to wrap things up. Time for the redemption to happen, and it should happen now. Hashem's glory, the Jewish people, the glory of Israel, and the glory of mankind. Human race in general will be restored to its original greatness, to its original glory. And on that, we all say, Amen v. Amen.